This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, great to be with you. We've mounted our horses. We're riding and talking with Greg Waterman Walcher. You get a middle cowboy name when you come on the Frontier Freedom Hour. My name is Jeff Hunt. I'm the chief wagon boss of this operation. The whole show is sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. If you're not familiar with CCU, it's a university on a mission, a university with a strong foundation on Jesus Christ and the Bible. CCU is launching accountants, business leaders, counselors, pastors, teachers, musicians, communication experts, engineers, nurses, politicians, and more into this world. Imagine a place in this crazy state of Colorado that is launching all these great Christian conservatives into the public square. With over 200 degree options, Colorado Christian University is the, ne- is the university for the next chapter of your life. The College of Undergraduate Studies is home to more than 1,500 traditional undergraduate students. When you think of traditional college, that's what the College of Undergraduate Studies is. And if you have a child, grandchild, if you're around that age of 18, check out ccu.edu. It, it is really a tr- tremendous experience with you know basketball programs and baseball and soccer and all the fun sports you get to have at college but chapel throughout the week these great living facilities wonderful food the Anschutz student center great place to hang out all of those students residing on campus is just a a really cool fun place to be the college's core curriculum is ranked in the top two percent of colleges nationwide The College of Adult and Graduate Studies offers undergraduate and graduate degree programs to over 8,000 adult learners. So let's say you're not a college student-aged type of person. You have a family, you have a career, but you need a degree to open up new opportunities for you. More than 90% of CCU's adult students complete their degrees online through CCU Online. It's the number five most conservative school in America. So you don't have to worry about all those crazy leftist values getting forced into you or your children or grandchildren. Go to ccu.edu. Just poke around. Check out some of the degree options. Talk to an enrollment counselor today and see what opportunities can be awaiting you with a new degree at Colorado Christian University. Friends, we're talking with Greg Waterman Walcher. He's a fellow at the Centennial Institute about this interstate compact about water and what that means for the Western United States. And that's why I appreciate the Centennial Institute so much in our fellows, is if you went to any other think tank in the state and you talked about water, they'd probably just be talking about the fish and the birds and the animals that live there, but not giving you a full sense of how this impacts everybody, the farmers, the rafters, the, uh, the fishermen, the people that need it to drink and to live in the economy and all that. We have great thinkers like Greg Walcher that are helping us out. So, Greg, I was thinking, reading these articles, that somehow the federal government was forcing the seven states to renegotiate this water compact from 1922. You are saying differently. It's, it's how it's implemented, maybe not necessarily the law around it. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yes, and part of the reason that it's unclear, frankly, is because some of our leaders haven't been very public on the issue. This is something that has always united all of Coloradans. Uh, you know, it's it's a, there's a, there used to be a saying in in uh, small town politics back when I ran club twenty years ago. There used to be a funny saying that that uh, the the one thing you need to understand about rural small town politics is that we all hate each other except when we're fighting you. 
<laughs> and that's the way Coloradans have always been when it when it gets to to water. Uh, water will always be a fighting thing in Colorado because 80% of the people live on one side of the Continental Divide and 80% of the water is on the other side. Hmm. So there will never be a time in this state when it isn't the, the issue that underlies almost everything else. Uh, it's the issue that will that will divide us among ourselves. But when when we're facing the two greatest threats to our water, which is California and federal control, we should all be united, and we always have been. Um, this is the first time in, in memory when either party was in control of either the legislature or the governor's office. It's the first time I can ever remember when when the entire state didn't rise up and tell the federal government, wait a minute, um, this is a threat to our water that we won't put up with. Um, the governor, uh, who, I, who I think, at least in private conversations, understands this issue fairly well, but was relatively silent this last summer when one unelected bureaucrat in Washington essentially said, if you don't reduce your use of the river, I am going to take total control of the river, abolish the interstate compact, and administer it as I see fit, the governor essentially said nothing. The attorney general did not say, I'll see you in court if you try. We, we didn't have any of these sort of line-in-the-sand messages from the state leadership that would have made this a little bit more clear. But the reality is when they get together in these negotiations, Colorado is not working to rewrite the interstate compact and never will do so. There is no bigger threat to the future of this state than eliminating the law of the river, which is our only protection. That's a, those are strong words. <laughs> those are really strong words. I'm sitting here going, I didn't realize this was such a big threat. I mean, so what happens if, if if so? You have this Bureau of Reclamation that comes in and says, "All right, we don't have enough water. Uh, the the river's running low. You states need to get together in a room and figure it out." Six states say, "All right, we've we figured out a way to kind of reduce our need on it." California says, "I don't care." So what happens next then? What does this Bureau of Reclamation do? You you started out this conversation talking about what's happened in Nevada. Um, and it's an interesting, it's an, it's an interesting thing to look at it from afar. But it could come a lot closer to home than you think if the Bureau of Reclamation winds up taking control of the Colorado River. And if you want any any fairly graphic evidence of that, all you got to do is look at Blue Mesa Reservoir and Gunnison County and look at what happened this last summer, which is that the Bureau of Reclamation drained Blue Mesa Reservoir, the largest reservoir in Colorado without even the courtesy of telling anyone ahead of time they were going to do it. And so they put what? out a business for how, how did this summer. Hold on. How did this not make the news? Did I miss it? Maybe it's because I live on the on the other side of the divide than you traditionally do. So this was a reservoir on the western slope, and the Bureau of Reclamation from Washington, D.C. By the way, we had a senator at one point that put BLM, at least out in this part. But So Bureau of Reclamation, a guy at a desk, in Washington, D.C. says, uh, that water belongs to me, and just opened the drain and took it all? All of it? The, uh, it it's, and that water does not belong to the federal government, does not belong to the Bureau of Reclamation, but it's gone now. Like uh, Blue Mesa Reservoir literally is below the dead pool now. It is, it is literally sitting there empty. And the entire recreation industry of Gunnison County in the summer was essentially dead. This last year, all of the guides and outfitters and boat ramps and fishing uh, tackle suppliers and all of those businesses that weren't even told ahead of time. The government didn't even what? feel the need 
to be courteous enough to let them know this was going to happen. They took hundreds of thousands of acre feet out of Flaming Gorge Reservoir, drained all of Blue Mesa Reservoir, sent it all to Lake Powell to make sure that the that the level in Lake Powell didn't fall below what's needed to generate electricity, uh, which, as I said before, is only one of the purposes for these reservoirs existing. So there's something has happened that's, that's cultural uh, and it's very disturbing in Washington, where an agency, because it happens to own the dams, has decided that it owns the water behind those dams also, and that it can administer them however it wants, which is the reason that the rule of law matters in, in our society. It matters as much in water as it does in street crime or any other any other issue you want to talk about. This is a nation of laws, and the primary law governing the use of the Colorado River has been has been openly ignored by the bureau and Colorado and other uh, states are upset about it, but they ought to be even more upset. They ought to be in <laughs> Washington saying we will not put up with this. Well, and I, I spent five summers as a river guide. I know how important water is to uh, the outdoor recreation industry. Those are jobs. Those are people's livelihoods that were just taken away. Now, Greg Walcher, keep in mind this this happened in Gunnison County. Um, which is not which is not very many people live in Gunnison County by comparison, but it could just as easily happen to Denver. Wow. Denver's water supply is, is is largely dependent. You know, half of the main stem of the Colorado River in this state is diverted to the Front Range every year. So think what happens if the government decides that it's not enough to, to drain Blue Mesa Reservoir that they also want to drain Shadow Mountain and Granby and Jeez. Grand, you know, the the, the other uh, Windy Gap, the other reservoirs. Um, that Denver depends on, or northern Colorado through the Big Thompson Project, uh, Dillon Reservoir that supplies a large chunk of Denver, the Frying Pan Arkansas Project, which supplies Colorado Springs and Pueblo and the lower Arkansas Valley. All of that is water that comes from the western slope, and all of it is impounded by dams and reservoirs that were built with federal money. What, so is this all of unique? Colorado is, 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 an, is in the is in danger here. Is this unique to Democratic uh, administrations? Was the Trump administration taking water as well? Uh, I would say this is not unique to Democratic administrations. It's a it's a it's a cultural thing that has been creeping into the mindset of Interior Department officials for many many years. Really, in in Washington, it was. Uh, I mean, it was part of the battle back in the eighties that Senator. Bill Armstrong was fighting over federal control of the water when the Forest Service was insisting that it owned all the water in the Forest Service, which it doesn't. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is a battle that's been going on for a long time. Did you ever get Bill Armstrong out camping? I know he was a Nebraska guy, but did you ever, by any chance, get him out to uh, to go for a hike or uh, go camping with you? He didn't go hiking and camping with me, but I wouldn't say that he didn't go. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd may- we'll have to ask Will that sometimes. A- he was a great advocate for for uh, conservation in this state, and he is responsible for passing a number of the wilderness areas and for designating really? the Cache Laputer as a wild and scenic river, all kinds of environmental things that he helped get done in this state. He cared a lot about the great outdoors. I love that. I learned, I learned these little mysteries about Bill Armstrong all the time, and uh, it's great to be able to talk to guys like Greg Walter provide some insight. Friends, we're going to continue this conversation right after these messages. You're listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour.